Hello, and welcome back to the Women's Soccer Podcast. I am your host, LDG, and today we will be recapping this year in the NWSL, one of the most historic seasons in the league's history. Before we get into the episode, I'd like to remind everyone to follow us on Apple Podcasts and on Instagram. Our Instagram handle is at the Women's Soccer Podcast, and our to, if, to follow us on Apple Podcasts, click the three dots in the top right hand corner of your screen. They'll give you an option to after you click that. It'll give you an option to follow our podcast. Another thing to remember is we haven't really gotten many questions recently for the Q&A segment. So if you'd like to be featured in an episode, drop a women's soccer related question in the reviews with a five star review. We will definitely answer it in an episode. We just haven't gotten any recently. So we haven't been able to do a Q&A since episode three or four so um remember to look at that episode if it does come out and also remember if you can be a part of it if you drop a five-star review and a question okay let's get back into the episode first to get a sense of how the season went let's look at the league standings we saw a very competitive um race at the top with eight points separating the courage who just missed out of the play on the playoffs and the rain who won the nwsl shield the standings were so close all season long and it really was based on the last five games that's what changed everything at least in my opinion angel city dropped off in form losing four of their last five games and that knocked them out of the play- playoff race Even though the Courage were on a goal-scoring tear, it was too late for them to come back and get into the playoffs. So, at the bottom of the table, you have Gotham FC. Four wins, one draw, and 17 losses. In 11th place, the Washington Spirit. Three wins, 10 ties, and nine losses. In 10th place, Orlando Pride. Five wins, seven draws, 10 losses. In 9th place, Racing Louisville. Five wins, eight ties, nine losses. In eighth place, Angel City, eight wins, five draws, nine losses. In seventh place, North Carolina Courage, nine wins, five draws, eight losses. In sixth place, Chicago Red Stars, nine wins, six draws, seven losses. In fifth place, Kansas City Current, 10 wins, six draws, six losses. In fourth place, Houston Dash, 10 draws, six I mean, sorry, excuse me. Ten wins, six draws, six losses. And third place, the San Diego Wave, ten wins, six draws, six losses. In second place, getting a bye, it was the Portland Thorns with ten wins, nine draws, and three losses. And the NWSL Shield winners, who also got a bye, are the OL Reign with 11 wins, seven draws, and four losses. So the standings do show you, I mean, there was a big gap in talent this year from the bottom to the top. It was not, the top was so much closer than usual, but the gap between first and last was a big one. I mean, the gaps of quality in the league this year were very ginormous, I think it would be very fair to say. Gotham FC in last place, minus 30 goal differential, 
they hadn't scored in over 500 minutes before they scored three against the Thorns. So I think Gotham FC, the great part about this league is every team has some upside, right? They have some talent. Gotham just had an un, not unusual, I think it's fair to say, they haven't exactly had a lot of success in the past getting into the postseason, but... I think they finished much worse than you would have predicted them to. I think a lot of people saying that they were title contenders were a little bit too um, optimistic, but I would have expected them to be like where Angel City is this season, you know, 8th, ninth place. Um, The current, surprisingly, moved... They had a great year. Um, I think that a lot of people would have thought that they would have finished much lower in the standings after not just Lynn Williams, but Sam Mewis got season-ending injuries. That makes it pretty much the same team that they had last year, but they did great. I'm just looking at just um, some teams that I think were a little out of place. The Wave, no one expected them to be in third place. Although when you think about it, their roster is so good, it makes so much sense the Casey Stoney, the manager of the Wave, drafted the, not drafted, well, yeah, she also drafted very well, but she built a team with so much talent, and it's just undeniable. They have one of the best rosters in the league. I could read their whole roster. The youngsters that they have, the potential that this team has in the future, they have so many youth national team players that never touch the field. Like, um, Sydney Cummings, Melissa Louder, these are decent like prospects that are reserves for this team and it just shows you they're so good the wave um i watched them play in person i was blown away it i they dominated gotham it wasn't even close it was 3-0 but they had a busy schedule it was right before an international break so they played alex morgan and all those they didn't play Jakobsen, I'm pretty sure. But, yeah, they played a lot of their players. Jakobsen was at the Euros, yeah, prepping on that game. But Morgan got two. Duniak got one, literally right in front of me. And Gotham was playing a full starting lineup here. I Excuse me, Jakobsen did play in that game, but got subbed out. Yeah, they were resting a lot of their players that were about to leave for international duty. But... The Wave team is just so solid. The amount of depth that they have is incredible. Um, Naomi Gurma, best center back in the league this year. You could make that argument. Um, definitely one of the best rookies in that midfield. So much depth. Emily, Emily Van Egmond. You have that front three of Morgan... Yeah, Jakobsen. Well, in this game, they kind of had... They played a 4-2-3-1. Morgan was the striker up top. Turnbow was on the left. Jakobsen was on the right. And Korniak was in the middle. It was... I was... I was shocked seeing Korniak right... We had front row seats right behind the goal. She is six... She genuinely is six foot two. She is a giant in the best way like I think she's 6'1 6'2 actually I you know sometimes players they up the heights but 
seeing her in person, she is a giant and she is incredible. A great player for the future of the U.S. women's national team. But those are a few teams that I think the Wave, Current, and Gotham might have had some seasons that, you know, were not predicted at the beginning of the year. A lot of people would say the same, perhaps, about the Spirit, who finished in 11th. Robin was just honestly not clicking at all. She didn't really, she didn't have a bad season, but it's not like she had a great season either. Let's be real with ourselves. Um, She didn't exactly put up the numbers that we would have expected from Trittany Rodman after the incredible season she had last year. But this just shows you the NWSL's depth is so good and people aren't wrong if these players went overseas, they could get 30, 40 goals a year, but the NWSL, every single game is a tough game, and maybe this season, some teams like Gotham and Washington weren't at their best form, but when the Gotham's at their best form, next year, I see Gotham pl- pushing for the playoffs, in my opinion. The way that they played against Portland, Portland was on their A game as well. They tied us 3-3. They were playing incredible f- soccer, but Gotham was just, they're one of those teams that isn't, you don't think that they should be so good, but they're so quick. And they just, when you have Midge Purse and Paige Monahan on the wings, I think that's the best position for them. I think that Purse is a more of a winger. Because when you put her in the middle, you lose her pace. Because the ball never really gets to her. When you have her drop back like she did in that game, I loved it. And I think if when you add Allie Long back next year, that's gonna if that's gonna be great. And I hope Allie doesn't retire, you know. We saw her back at training this year. I really want her to play another season because Long is one of the... I know this might be an unpopular opinion. She's one of the best midfielders in the NWSL. And I think it was harsh that she got dropped from the U.S. Women's National Team a few years ago. So, those are some of the teams I thought had rocky seasons. Let's now look at the teams and think about... Who are the star players in this in each position? I'm going to name 12 players. I'm going to do two goalies, but then I'm going to do a 4-3-3 formation, okay? I think the front line, it might be like a 4-3-2-1 because I picked a lot of strikers for this team. I think that I couldn't choose between these two. A.D. French and Caitlin Sheridan were two of the better goalies this year, in my personal opinion. I know a lot of people might think that's con controversial but AD French was such a good goalie this year if you didn't if you don't think AD French played well then you clearly did not watch the NWSL she I am very confused why she isn't on the U.S. women's national team right now because of the form she's in you could look and say yes Katie Lund made the most saves but if you look at goals allowed per game that's a stat that I really like and go past the people that didn't on the NWSL website if you looked at that Fallon Tolis Joyce Kaylin Sheridan Bella Bixby AD Franch are the ones that really stand out to me because the thing is is Franch is a little bit lower you know she gave up 1.25 goals a game but that Kansas City team let's be honest they didn't they, a lot of the goals that they gave up 
were because of their st- playing style. Franch made so many great saves. She had five clean sheets this year. I think she made... The stats don't show the true story with AD. She's a, an incredible player. And if you look at the goals allowed per game, and you go to the players that actually played in like a lot of games, you see Fallon Tolis Joyce, she played all 22 matches, allowed less than a goal a game. Fallon Tolis Joyce, incredible goalie. Definitely, in my opinion, on that U.S. Women's National Team in the future. I think I will, I I should I I added her to the list. I had an original list of five keepers. It was Tolis Joyce, Bixby, Sheridan. I think I had Nayer on it just because of how we know good we know she is, and Franch. Um, there's so many good goalies in this league. I could go on and on and on and on and make debates for literally a million goalies on this list. But I just think that those five were the best this year. I narrowed it down. I thought that Sheridan was just clutch. She was clutch when the wave needed her. Fallon made some mishaps. She had a few, like, um, I believe it was against the Red Stars. The ball went under her body. That was a goal. That's just a fluke goal, though. Um, It just shows, you know, she is younger. She's going to make some of those mistakes, but... I think Fallon Tolis Joyce is the goalkeeper of the future for the USA. She is an older rookie. She did go to college for a while. Um, she's 25, but she'll be on the U.S. Women's National Team in no time if she keeps on playing like this. French is there because of her clutch saves, but I haven't really talked a lot about my other name on the the other people that could have been on it. Um, the other names on my original list. Bixby was on there because. She played 20 games and gave up a goal a game. Like, she gave up 20 goals in the 20 games she played. The other two games were played by Hogan. I'm pretty sure you... um, Yeah, Hogan was one of the players that played um, when... Bixby didn't get called up this year, I'm pretty sure. But, yeah, the foreign keeping staff had 20 games played by Bixby. Two... The other two were split by Smith and Hogan. Smith gave up a high-scoring, had a high-scoring game, giving up three goals. The thing of Abby Smith is she's just not very... This is the thing with women's soccer. Some goalies are really good. In general, a lot of the goalies are like 5'6", 5'7", 5'8". And goals are eight feet tall. So if you hit a shot in the top corner with some goalies in the NWSL. It's just physically impossible for them to get it. It's in the it's in the top corner. If it's eight feet in the air, then you just gotta give a round of applause. And this is the thing. A lot of the best goalies on the USA may not be the tallest, but Alyssa Nair is just so agile. And that's the thing I wanted to mention. If goalkeeping in the NWSL, Katie Lund, right? Let's just take her for an example. Most saves in the league this year. She's six feet tall. You know why she has the most saves? One, Racing Weevil's defense was a little bit of a mess. Yes, we can say that fairly. But she's tall. She's a very good wingspan. And that's a very important stat for a goalie to have. It almost reminds me of like those um, FIFA stats. Like the wing... They don't have one for this, but I feel like wingspan is something that really affects goalkeepers. And it helps. Katie Lund didn't give up many 
um, silly goals from her side of things. A lot of the goals that were given up were kind of very bad defensive goals. It was moments where the other team just said, I'm going to dribble around you and you're not doing anything about it. Like, Dabinia got three. Um, None of those were Katie Lund's fault. They were all the defense slacking on Louisville, which is one thing that we will discuss. I like to be, I know some people might call some of my opinions harsh, but I'm just stating the facts. I mean, Louisville, they gave up. They didn't score either. They they weren't the worst attacking team, but they scored one goal a game. So that's a little bit unfair to put, and they gave up two goals a game. So from Lund's perspective, I think she was a hero in goal for Louisville. Um, Without her, they would have been an absolute disaster. And I think she deserves a look at the national team. Center backs wise, I mentioned her earlier, Naomi Gurma, she's a beast. Like, she isn't big, but she's like Becky Sauerbrunn. She's a lot tougher than she looks. Um, In the best way. Like, I mentioned this thing about height in women's soccer. She she plays like she's six foot five in a great way. She's so aggressive, so smart for her age. She just weaves through when attackers are pressing. It's no problem for Naomi Gurma. I'll just um she just almost tells attackers no no point in pressing me because I'm just going to dribble around you and break your ankles and you're just going to be wasting your time. Tatum Malazzo is another center back that. She deserves a medal and a half for her performances this year. Chicago Red Stars were an absolute um, disaster at the beginning of the season after they lost Julie Ertz and Sarah Gordon, their two center backs. It showed they struggled at the beginning of this year. They It took them three games to just get a point. Um, but she really stepped up for this defense and... It just shows you they needed some. They got three goals in their first game, but they they defensively weren't prepared for the season on paper. But Malaza was a beast in the defensive third of the game. She's so intelligent. Um, I just think that she has such a bright future. I'm not just in the NWSL. I'm I'm gonna say it right now on the U.S. Women's National Team. She is that good, in my opinion. She's so agile as well. For a 24-year-old, she literally has such a... What what do you call it? Soccer IQ. That's something that you could say Carly Lloyd has. The best players in their position have that soccer IQ. That's what Tatum Malazzo has. She has incredible skills and incredible soccer IQ. It's one of her biggest attributes, at least in my eyes. That's the reason why she's one of the best players in the NWSL defensively, at least for this season. Um, she's always been a promising rookie for the Red Stars, who have in the past had no shortage of defensive depth. So she may have not gotten the playing time in the past she, for a player of her quality, deserved, but it was too hard for a former, at least in past seasons, their former head coach, Rory James, to select a defensive four when they had, uh, you could look at, I can name names, um, Casey Kruger, U.S. Women's National Team, Julie Earth, U.S. Women's National Team, Sarah Gordon probably should be, be on the U.S. Women's National Team. That defensive line is just, was so good, and this is the first year that there was really an opportunity in the Red Stars 
for a new defender to pop through. And I think we got that with Tomato Malazzo. And I think it's great for the U.S. women's national team to see. Um, that's a position that they haven't always had the most depth in, in my opinion, defensively. That was one of the bigger worries going into the 2019 World Cup. And I think that in the, 20, in the 2019 World Cup, they had an unlimited amount of goal scorers. It was just a worry of, would they break down defensively? And I think in 2023, that worry is solved. Naomi Gurma in the back. She should be starting along with Abby Dahlkemper. She should get called up again. Sauerbrunn, um, I think she can put in a good 30-minute to 90-minute shift if needed. But I think it's time for Becky to, you know, drop to more of what Megan Rapino was doing, a leadership role. I love Becky Sauerbrunn having her on the USA side, but I think that the U.S., she should captain them at the next World Cup, and I think that should be a swan song for a lot of superstars. Um, I've been always very pro to the older players, but I think that now we have such a good generation. We have generational talents, and we can't just have them sitting on the bench. That's what Naomi Gurma is. Fullbacks, um, left back, gotta be Carson Pickett. Uh, still confused whether why she didn't get any text message from Vlatko that she was on the team. She's just, she thinks, in the NWSL, you see those players that are, you can tell when you watch, oh, she's in the U.S. Women's National Team, or oh, they're on the U.S. Women's National Team, or you can just see, based on intelligence, Carson Pickett's one of those players. Every single time she gets the ball on her left foot, the defenders drop back immediately because they know she is a left foot of a dime, and she can find Ordonez, Caroline, Dabinia, that Courage team. It was a rebuild season this year, but next year I think they're title contenders. If Ordonez, Dabinia, Caroline, um, if they retain their squad, they're going to be title contenders easy. Um, Huerta is my right back, Sofia Huerta, the OL Reign. Pretty easy choice, uh, such a clutch player. The goal she scored against Angel City still might be one of the goals of the season with her left foot, top left bins from 25 yards on the volley. She, again, is just one of those players. I, with fullbacks, I was looking for players that could serve a great through ball or serve a good cross in. Those are the two fullbacks in the NWSL, in my opinion, that did that the best this year. In the midfield, this is a little bit of a... This is where I struggled the most. I knew I wanted this player as my number 10, Dabinia. I wanted her at the cam. She's one of the best players in the league, in my personal opinion, and one of the best players in the world. She's so skilled. Uh, she's that technical soccer IQ knowledge... It's her technicality combined with her soccer IQ that makes her one of the best players in the world. Uh, she's a Marta-esque player, and I think that she's been overshadowed by Marta at the national team level. But in 2023, in that world at the World Cup, she will be their superstar player. Marta is still recovering from that ACL injury. I hope that she comes back. The Pride would love to have some veteran leadership next year after how good their youngsters were this year. But... Tabinha is the Brazilian flair that I think that should be recognized in this team. The midfielders, this was hard. I have one more traditional midfielder, another one who is more of a versatile player. I'll start with Lola Bonta. 
I was a little bit skeptical of like um, her talents. You know, she's a smaller player. She isn't as physical at the beginning of the season. Like when I turned, I hadn't really seen much of her to be honest before this year. And I'm like, holy crap, she's good. Sure, movement on the ball is so eloquent. Um, she deserves to be called up to the U.S. I know that every player in the NWSL that does well can't be called up, but I think just to give her a look, you know, I don't, I'm pretty sure she hasn't gotten called up before, and she is older, on the older side of things. She's 29, um, so it'll be interesting to see. She did play, her, she started her career in, at, in New Jersey at Sky Blue. She's only played for the 23-year-old team, uh, so, that's a thing that I think that she would like to work towards, getting on that U.S. Women's National Team. I think that she would love to make the U.S. Women's National Team, and she's got the skill. I think she can do it. Other midfielder, this was one that was hard. I know this isn't her natural position, but she's just been so good this year. Haley Mace. Um, I know, I know, she hasn't, like, the numbers maybe aren't like mouth dropping numbers but her just work ethic is the thing that impresses me the most and four goals two assists this season but the way that she never stops running and there's a time in the match like that 60 to 70th minute period where you're getting subs you know they're working their way through and that's just when Haley may seems to strike and score incredible goals because her work ethic, I, I I can't judge in the training ground, but on the field is sublime. She's everywhere. You you're you you when you're watching the screen, the screen the TV camera, there it's following Haley May. She is running up and down, left and right, everywhere on the field. So she's one of those players that I think that I think as a Gotham fan, um, is one of those players that those ty- that type of player that we need, only 25 years old, she's got a feature on the U.S. Women's National Team. The courage completely underused her. We should not have traded her Gotham. That was the worst decision they made. We traded her for McCall Zerboni, who's a 35-year-old player. Um, Mace is the future of Kansas City. I, I That might be a little bit of a stretch. You know, she's already 25, but... I think they can get her another good tw- 10 years out of her if they work with her. Um, keep her happy. Give her a new contract because she deserves it after this season. The current were horrible last year. Um, she was one of the upsides for them coming in the middle of the season. And the current um, have proved the doubters and haters wrong this year. The front line, this is the easiest one for me. Alex Morgan, Sophia Smith, Diana Ordonez. I don't think I even need to explain this. <sighs> They're just um, the best goal scorers this season. Morgan, so good for the wave. She really proved everyone that said she was overrated wrong. She, um, you know, a lot of people said she didn't turn out, you know, at the Olympics last year. And this is a season where Alex Morgan said, I'm going to prove everyone wrong and I'm going to be the best player in this league. And if she doesn't win MVP, I think something is wrong. Sophia Smith was my next pick just because she was inches away from getting the golden boot. 
I wa- watching her against Gotham just reassured me of how much talent she has, not just at the international level, but at the club level and in such a competitive league. You know, we've seen Smith shine against teams like Uzbekistan, but that doesn't always like reassure. I it is exciting. But when you play Uzbekistan, it's much different than playing in the competitive league of the NWSL. So she's a credible player. My last pick, I was between Mal Pugh and Diana Ordonez. I chose Ordonez just for the fact, one, she did get a few more goals. Um, and two, she was a rookie. She went into this Courage team that had one of the best new players in the league that came in Caroline. Someone that came from overseas into the league. And they had Zabinia. And... She just managed to make a name for herself. And she was, the thing I was really impressed with is she didn't, she didn't, it's not, she she scored 11 goals in 19 matches. It wasn't like she scored 11 goals in, um you know, three or four matches and was not a big part of the other games. She was in it every single time she was on the field. And it shows, I honestly prefer a player that scores 11 goals in 11 games than 11 goals in 5 games because it shows you she has consistent I know that wasn't the exact metrics but she has the consistency that the Courage are really looking for in the end of ESL season where it's so long you need to be perfect every step of the way if you want to win and she and Burma are going to battle it out for the rookie of the year I think Ardonias might win it just due to the fact you know attackers usually get more recognition but you know, I'm definitely looking forward to next season, watching everyone, getting back players like Haran after the World Cup, um, hopefully signing some more incredible players from overseas. That's one thing the NWSL should really strive for this offseason, is retaining as many players here as possible, because I think the thing is, is if they want their league to become the best women's soccer league in the world, I'm not saying it isn't, but... Let's just, the NWSL should strive to be like the English Premier League, have all the best players from all around the world. Sure, other there's other great players in other leagues, but the English Premier League, it's not all English players. It's players from all over the world, and that's what the NWSL needs to get more towards, and they're doing that. But you need to make sure you're retaining players like Rachel Daly. I understand, you know, she's been there for seven years. I'm happy for her. I love watching her at Aston Villa, but... That's something that I'm really hoping, that's like my one wish for the offseason, is keep as many players here as possible. You can loan them out, I don't really care about that, but just get them back at the beginning of next season. The Challenge Cup, you know, it's a preseason thing, you know, I, I don't really care about that. Get them, that's one big wish that I have. If I had to give one wish to the NWSL for this offseason, retain your best players. Coach of the Year... It's got to be Casey Stoney. She built a team from literally nothing once again. Man United, she had very limited resources, you could say. You know, as she talked about on her podcast with, not her podcast, but she joined Grant Wall's podcast, Football with Grant Wall. Great podcast, by the way. Um, She really talked about how she had to build this team like she built Man United. And that's one thing she's done not once, but twice. She's a magician of a coach so good, so talented. Um, I know she's British, but I would love for her to um, coach the U.S. maybe one day. She's that talented. She's my coach of the year. Uh, I'm really looking forward to next season. I It was an incredible year, and I thank everyone that has supported this podcast during this NWSL season, and we're not done yet. We still got the playoffs, but 
it it is almost it's not a goodbye. We'll be covering the women's super league, all the European competitions in winter, transactions, free agency, the draft. The playoffs are still here, of course, but you know, this two week break is almost like a way to remember. This is what I wanted this episode to be. Remembering how great this season was. Record crowds. It was an amazing year. And I want everyone to recognize that if your team's in first place, 12th place, 7th place, just remember how big of a year this was. Not just for the NWSL, but for women's soccer. And I thank everyone for supporting this podcast. For helping us hit hundreds and hundreds of listeners and followers it's been incredible, and I'd like to thank everyone so, so much for their support during this NWSL season. Peace out from your host, LDG.